0: Welcome back guys to the Pushing Through Blue podcast, hope you're doing well, hope you're good. They say this, surround yourself with people who push you to do and be better. No drama or negativity, just higher goals and higher motivation. Good times and positive energy, no jealousy or hate, simply bringing out the absolute best in each other. Which raises a question, do the people around us have an influence to our own mental health and happiness? To help me unpack the question and share his own insight and perspective... I asked fellow eight-bit member Elder Basic to come onto the podcast to discuss. I also spoke with Elder about his own podcast, releasing his very first published book. We also snuck in some Dragon Ball chats. Enjoy the show, guys.
1: Oh, so what time is oh, it there now at the moment? Dude, I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I'm like, I need this coffee. <laughs> oh yeah, you need it. Like, so, it's, so
0: it's okay. So it's, it's nine. It's tw- it's 9 o'clock, okay, okay, so it's 9 o'clock there, so it's 12.38 here a.m. on yeah. a Sunday morning, I'm coming at oh you, I'm in
1: And you know what, uh, so if this is, you know, if we're officially recording, I, I gotta ask, like, what made you, um, on air, like, what, I was always curious, like, what made you want to start pushing through Blue? You're, like, about 10 episodes in right now, 10 or 11?
0: Yeah, exactly right, so about 10, 11 episodes in, it, mine's not, as you know, mine's not a weekly podcast, mine's just a monthly podcast. Uh, and again, that's for the reason of, A, because I'm, you know, learning how to do it. I'm, this is my first ever podcast. I'm literally learning as I go, um, which is good because, I mean, like I've, from where I am now to where I was, I've, I've definitely learned a lot and I continue to learn. That's why we've got, you know, you and I are part of the AP Collective. We're getting these people around us that help us and support us through ideas and give us some feedback, which is great and bounce off that. So I keep it at a month, you know, outside of the podcasting, you know, I'm my I'm father, I've got two kids, bubs on the way, number three in October, you know, full-time wow. working. Yeah, so that's it's, um, it's all exciting stuff. And um, so, yeah, it's just juggling that life. I think monthly really works for me. It's a good life and hobby balance. And I guess how I started doing Pushing Through Blue was more so just about like when I first started getting into podcasts, like I was just a listener of podcasts. I loved listening to podcasts, you know, video game podcasts, you know, all sorts of types of podcasts. And if you'd ask me like you know maybe a year ago when I was considering doing podcasts it wouldn't have been around about mental health you know it would have been around you know pop culture video games and something like that but it was only until maybe about you know six six years ago that I went through my own mental health challenges and I went through um, you know anxiety and I went through depression and outside of that you know that was a big learning curve for me and I guess what I took away from that is that I once you're in that exposure you realize like how common it is and you know that you know the signs that that I was you know feeling and facing when I when I got there and you know how important it is to to speak up because you know I look at my situation you know and I didn't speak up and I got myself into a situation where you know as a result of that you know it just got worse and worse and that anxiety you know every day sort of anxiety just you know formed into depression and self-worth and and those sort of thoughts so you know the the podcast is basically something that I resonate with, and it's something that I hope to help other people resonate with, to share stories of other people's experiences, you know, with mental health and mental illness and, and just starting those conversations, because I think certain people resonate with certain people, and my hope is that someone on the podcast comes on, may not be myself, um, but, you know, there's a, there's a guest that comes on, and, and what we talk about, you know, really brings awareness to them, so and helps them provide some strength and and starts a conversation because that's the biggest thing is just having the starting these conversations because like the starting the conversation is one of the biggest hardest parts that you can do as well as you know seeking help but you know if it if the podcast can do that then that's what it was built for
1: what i think is what i think is special and it, it may just be because i kind of center myself around games podcasts and entertainment types of podcasts but when i heard that you were doing like a mental health awareness type of podcast i was just like i was blown aback because i had not and i'm sure you know if i were to go on itunes or whatever there could be a few but it's such Mm. a novel idea to me Mm. like of course it's mobile it's mobile therapy Mm. which like like one of your previous guests said therapy is just the exercise for the mind and you know, I think um, I'm, I'm so glad that you reached out and, and, and actually got that help. You know, I, I don't 100% know your story. I don't know if you reached out to, like, family or friends or mm. if you reached out to actually get therapy. But I think it's I think it's really important that, that people actually take that step because if you just sit in it by yourself, you can, you can not only put yourself in danger, but, I mean it just it, it makes everything so much worse like we're built around people and we need to be built around people that love us and people that we can trust. Yeah, and absolutely. I think I think it's really important that we always reach out. So, I guess from the top of this podcast, you know, if if you're feeling down and depressed and if you think that oh, nobody wants to nobody wants to listen to my problems, you well you're you're wrong. Like people do. And it's not even you're you're looking at it the wrong way. If you're listening to this and you know, you're just somebody that, you know, is struggling with, like, family issues or self-image or self-worth or, like, weight issues or something like that. Like, no problem is too small. But don't look at it as a problem. Look at it as a, as a it's a challenge. And that's okay. For me, you know, getting past a lot of, um, you know, I've had very sporadic mental mental health issues. Hmm. Um, you know, just because, like, I overall, I, I like to think of myself as, like, a happy person. But then, there, you know, in the past, there have always been, like, these little, like, reverberations of, like, either it's depression or just, like, sudden day- two-day-long anxiety of just, like, for whatever reason. And, yeah. and when I look at it, I know why it's there. And I, and, and I, and I, I don't always know what to do to get rid of it. But yeah. reaching out to people and surrounding myself with people that are interested in, like, my hobbies and, like, my interests that can only that can only do good you know what I mean yeah absolutely absolutely right I think hobbies are really important and I think that um doing something you love is such an obstacle or not an obstacle but it's such like a block for mental health to get through it's it's hard for it to to really take over you if like there's some joy in your life like that
0: and I think it's a really good creative outlet like I find that When people are struggling or, you know, they feel very isolated, that it's these sort of like hobbies that they can invest themselves into. But look, I wanted to have a chat with you and I guess just wanted to introduce you. (laughs) Guest today, he's host of the video game podcast called Elder Talks Games. He's author of his first book released this week called Echoes of the Holograph. Have I got that right? Yeah, he did. You know. Perfect. It. <laughs> he's coming from, he's coming to us all the way from Texas, the USA. And possibly, look, he's probably even a bigger Dragon Ball Z fan than me. And we'll, <laughs> oh, we'll go know, into man. that. We'll go into that afterwards, man, because I want to talk about that too. <laughs> look, it's elder basic. How are you, mate?
1: Doing great, man. Doing great. It is like nine in the morning here. I'm sleepy. I have my coffee, but I'm just so excited to get on Pushing Through Blue and have a genuine conversation with you, man. So thanks so much again for having me on. I'm Hello, really excited. Mate.
0: Thank you so much for coming on. And this is exactly what it is. It's just a conversation, mate. I've been looking forward to having a chat with you and I really appreciate you working with me. We've had a bit of like back and forth trying to do the time zones, obviously me in Australia and you in the US. And But like, look, I appreciate it, man. I'm happy <laughs> to stay up at... <laughs> At almost 1 a.m. in the morning to have a chat with you, man, because, yeah, no. I, I've been wanting to do this for a while. It's awesome.
1: It's okay. So there is something about the Australia to Texas and vice versa time conversion. It doesn't click up here, man. Like, I went to Google, like, okay, which, how many times? It's like I Googled time zones in Australia, and it's like Google came back with, Australia has like nine different time zones and I was like I can't with this yeah, like yeah, it's yeah, weird yeah, yeah. I don't know I don't know which time zone he's in like it just messes me up because it's, it's basically time travel oh no <laughs> and even, if, even
0: though we've got the power of Google as you and I sitting there on Instagram going right okay so you're time at 9am am <laughs> and I'm at this so calculations show if we can do this you know oh man like, it's good times
1: like Brendan he was able to just, like for 8-Bit Cast episode 5 he like did it and I was like I want to. I would love to trade brains with you. Like I don't know how oh, you knew. Man. I I don't know how you knew what time it was for me. But you just. It, I don't know. It was weird.
0: Oh, but okay. anyway. Yeah. And Jono's John is exactly the same. If you. If I guess if you got a number of guests that are coming from like international and the US and that you've you've got to be on and like these guys are incredible. Me nah. I'm a noob, mate, and I apologize for that. But we got no, there, can. so I'm super happy with that.
1: We really did. We really did, and we're here. So. That's um, awesome. Hey man, I'll go, I had to yeah, say man.
0: too. Happy birthday for this week as well.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Did you have a good yeah, day? I did. Um, you know, it was um, my girlfriend. She just really came through, not only with gifts, but like with just being there and just having like this level of support. It was, it was really cool. And and I had such a great day with the family. And uh, you know, I left work early, and it was it was a really it was a really nice day, man. I got awesome. cake, and I'm not wearing it now. But my mom, she got me this like watch that tells time in binary code. I think it's upstairs, but it's really cool. Like I have to, there's like an actual learning curve behind it.
0: Wow. But yeah. You're going to sit there with that manual for a little bit until you get it. And then like, there's no way that anyone else can read the time on that thing. Except there's yeah. someone else that has the same watch.
1: It's only like five different like colored LEDs that's supposed to tell you like what time it is. I'm like I don't know how to figure this out, but I'm gonna figure this out. So
0: cool man. But Very no, cool.
1: it was it was a great week, and then um, we're capping it off with something tonight. My girlfriend has planned. I don't know what.
0: Awesome. So, yeah. I got to remember that you're in the morning there. Um, look, I, I just yeah. want to go back a little bit and just to explain to the listeners like how I know yourself. You and I have probably just <clears throat> known each other for the last couple of months. Um, we actually joined Eight Bit. Um, uh, th- at the early stage of this year. Obviously me looking at some of the social medias for 8-Bit and you obviously having your own podcast there, um, Elder Talks Games. And it was previously called Industry?
1: Yeah, it was It was, It was. was called Industry Games. Yep. But boy, the word industry is hard for SEO and like mm. branding. So no, I had I like, to change that.
0: I like the new name. And something else that you were telling me um, just before recording is that you were yeah. actually doing some of the socials for uh, 8-Bit previous to that. So that's really cool. I didn't know that. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, back maybe like two years ago, I I found Brendan on the kind of funny group on Facebook. And he was just like straight up like, hey, I'm looking for like a social media guy for my thing. Mm. And I I reached out to him and we became we became fast friends. Um, You know, he's such a nice and genuine guy. He just like really like I just really took to him in that way. And so I did the socials for him for a little while, a few months. But then I got caught up in my own side project, which was another uh, which was like a game streaming thing that I did like two years ago, so I went off to concentrate on that. But uh, no, I've stayed yeah, t- cool. in touch with, I've stayed in touch with Brendan, and um, when I found out about the Eight Bit Collective, you know, I was just straight up like, "Hey, look, here's my podcast. Like, maybe we can work together again, but in a different capacity." And he took to it like fish like what? to a, fi- uh? you get it.
0: yeah, that's awesome, <laughs> and like, like yeah, that's cool how life turns out like that way. You know what I mean? You start something, you might mm-hmm. you know come off the track for a little bit, and then you you know you do your one eighty and you come back around. So no it's exactly. all good and it's so good to have you here man um, I've loved how conversations we've had and we've had a fair bit of them you know across the socials so we um, have it's been awesome and like I guess one of the things that I've just been seeing you do this year is just you've just been killing it man like I, I don't know if I've said this to you but 2019 has just been an awesome year so far for yourself and what you know Thanks, we're just man. over halfway man but like you got a new job you know, in the games industry which has been one of the biggest things that you've wanted to do for forever sort of thing you know video games is your passion um, it's been yes. in your you know it in, in your life for so long since that first console, which I think I read somewhere it was the uh well it's to us it's the Mega Drive. But for I know, you
1: guys so weird it's so weird to know that. Like to you it's not the Sega Genesis. Yeah Sega Genesis. That's right. That messes me up, man. Like I, but yeah, yeah. It was the Sega Genesis, and like I know, I always, I always tell the story. Like my, my dad, at five years old, I was five years old. My dad wasn't five years old. He brought home a uh, Sega Genesis with a copy of like Mickey Mania. Yeah, I on that. Genesis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's yeah. the kicker, though. Here's the kicker, though. The weird part about that is it's it's interesting to me how like at five years old, my dad, you know, he brought me he brought me the console from like a pawn shop. He said he bought oh, yeah. it, and um it was mickey mania but like a year from that day a year ago from that day so like when i was four years old mm. we were in bosnia during like a calamity of a war and my dad was straight up like like he had an ak-47 and was fighting and like sm smog- not, not smuggling i don't know but he was just you know in, in wartime and so was my mom and then a year later we were in such a different position where my dad was able to go and buy video games in the safety of America. Yeah. Wow. So it's always interesting to know that like, there was this, there's this, like two sides late to my childhood where it was like video games. And then there was like war. It was, it was just really weird. But I uh, started playing games at, you know, five years old. And ever since then did, it really changed everything like just my dad going to a pawn shop that day to be honest
0: that's awesome next to the job you know you publish this is the big one obviously you're a published author now with the first book coming out and i'll get into the book a little bit later as well because i definitely want to dive into that and you're you know super creative obviously just with the content that you're producing out and you know your podcast is doing really well and you're part of 8-bit and that's getting published out there which is fantastic So, man, you are kicking goals, you know, kicking goals to 2019. (laughs) And it's awesome to see, man. I'm super happy for you too. But like, but I know from our conversations as well, and you've been super honest with me and I really appreciate that too. It's, it's, we've had these chats about like how happy you are now, but it always hasn't been like that. You know, you've had to, you've had to work through to find yourself and to find this, this spot there where you're happy, you know, you're, you're finding your happy spot and the people around you and how those people are making you happy in it. And it's really interesting, and it's a really good point that you know you make about talking about the people around you and and identifying the, you know those that are make you happy and being in that environment and creating that space where you know your mental health and your happiness does take influence to the people around you. And and I wanted to have this conversation with you. I wanted to have this episode to have you know to unbox this sort of conversation, asking the question about do you feel that those around you your friends your family you know even your partner can have an impact an influence on your own mental health and your happiness because i know you've got you know you've got a lot to say about that and you've got a lot of experience and i really want to get your insight on that what do you think
1: um there's quite a lot to say about that but mm. if i were to if i were to completely summarize how i feel i would say that you know i heard a quote one time where it was basically like show me the five people closest to you and i'll show you who you are mm. When I was a teenager, like around maybe 17, maybe 16, 17, 18 years old, like my mom came down with the type of illness. And it's interesting because I've actually never said any of this publicly. So whoever's listening, you know, now you know. But yeah, my mom came down with this illness that has been a little bit tricky for the family. And unfortunately, in 2019, she is still down with this illness. Mm. Mental health has had kind of a negative impact on me. I started to realize that my life was kind of broken down into two parts, right? Socially, you know, you have your, you have your friends and then you have your family. Mm. So you have your, you have your outside contacts and then you have like your inside circle, which is like your family. Yeah, sure. But for the longest time, the inside circle, it wasn't, it wasn't easy to be around them. But at the same time, I didn't find support outside that could help me with that. I never talked about what was actually going on in, like, my family. And every time I was unhappy, it was almost like I didn't understand why, you know? I was yeah. like, no, well, no, I have a mom, I have a dad, I have a brother. But really, like, there was just parts of, like, my teenage years and, like, my 20s where I wasn't really happy and like i was surrounding myself with people that weren't really supportive and even just recently like maybe about a year to a year and a half ago was when i cut those people out because when you introduce negative influences into your life they have a habit of staying
0: oh, yeah yeah no I you know they that.
1: just have this they have this habit of, of of sticking around when when maybe they shouldn't or maybe because you don't have the strength to to let them go mm And so importance level, probably people are our linchpin, right? If we don't have people in our life that support us and love us, like that can change us in very negative ways. Um, And there's not a whole lot somebody can really do about that. Either you have people or you don't. Yeah. But the best thing you can do is analyze your surroundings and kind of see like, you know, do the people around me, do they love me? Like if I succeed, are they cheering me on Hmm. or are they staying quiet? and it wasn't until a thorough evaluation of who i was surrounded with that i decided to make some changes. Yeah. Serendipitously that's also the time when i met my um, my partner barbara. So she has also been extremely helpful in this change i guess into like this like 27 year old me because like from a 17 to 26 27 like it was It was pretty rocky. And a lot of it was my fault. Like, I would act out, you know? Mm. I'd go to, you know, I'd go to like parties and stuff. And I was, I would kind of be like this rambunctious kid, I guess. And that, that spread a little, a little further maybe than, than it should have. Depend, like, if you were to see like the type of people I was like surrounded myself with. And it wasn't until, you know, like I left this one relationship where like I was being mistreated and maybe like I didn't, you know, you know, I didn't really fully commit. Anyway, I left this relationship, and mm. then, um, you know, I left those people, like my old friends or whatever, that really didn't support me. And then I met Barbara. And with meeting her, that's who, you know, I was like, oh, my God, like, okay, so this is, like, actual, like, support. Yeah. Even from, like, the beginning, when I told her, I was like, yeah, I'm writing a book. What do you think? And she's, like, all in it. You know what I mean? That's like, awesome. Whatever. Yeah. Like even from like the beginning i was able to like talk to her about stuff and and you know she's had her projects and i fully support them too and but you know the other thing is you know you might be listening and you're like well what if i don't have that and to that i say that i am kind of a firm believer that if you are patient enough you will find that person for you Mm. now a lot of you know a lot of topics about mental health don't necessarily mean, you know, like you have to have somebody else to be strong. You know, I'm not saying that. Yeah. Um, But I am saying that if you put yourself in a position where you are strong and if you make these good decisions about who you're surrounded with and things you can control, then you open up pathways to where you can introduce the right person like into your life in that way. Yeah. So so yeah, I think it's really I think it's monumentally important to be surrounded by not only like good people, but surrounded by people that support you yep. and take an interest in what you're doing. But only if you dish that back out. You know what I mean? Like if you see that your friends are doing something creative, or have succeeded at work, hmm. or have a baby, and if you're quiet, yep. then don't expect too much back. Yeah, that's exactly. all I'm going to say on that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know.
0: And it definitely sounds like for yourself, like it's this catalyst that someone from your, like someone has been introduced into your life that there's just like just been this complete refresher, a complete 180 to the people that are around you, whether it's like, you know, the mindset of your family members, the mindset of, you know, your friends, which, you know, from what, you know, you and I have had a chat about sort of coming from this. I don't know. Not, wouldn't say toxic, but it's like a negative space. You know what I mean. So, but you know, obviously, Barbara partner is is coming to the light, and it's just been a complete game changer for yourself. You know, you've you've definitely been like she's come through. You know, just being this massive support for for yourself and what you do, and it's just given you this new, I guess, inspiration for for what you can really do. And it like this is why I want to have these conversations because your mindset is so powerful and. I, like, I, I, like yourself, agree that, you know, the people around you do dictate how your quality of life is, you know what I mean? And, like, mm-hmm. it can be one of the, can be the hardest things to remove people from your life. It can be super hard when it's family. It can be super hard when it's your friends, even more so with your partner. But you do have to look at your quality of life as well, and you've got to make sure that, you know, you're living Know, your best life and that you're in the best mindset as well and i think that comes just with surrounding yourself with you know really good people so looking at that there it sounds like for you it was really recognized when barbara came into the picture that's right isn't it
1: yes yeah absolutely yep. yeah um it was just this like two to three month period where I told myself I needed to make a whole lot of changes. Yeah. You know, I was attracting not only the wrong people, yeah. but if I was attracting the wrong people, why was I attracting the wrong people? Yeah. What kind of energy was I putting out there? Mm. I think, and I think it's because people saw who I, you know, who I was surrounded, my, who I surrounded myself with and the types of things I did and stuff like that. Nothing weird or illegal. I just was... Maybe around people that weren't, you know, ambitious or people that were just kind of drifting through life. And that's fine too, yeah. you know, you know, it's you can have that, but I was also, it was people that weren't really there for me when I needed them to be. Yeah. So you put out this type of energy mm. and you get this type of energy back. And I was attracting mm, unsavory, like romantic partners and, unsavory like business practices and just stuff like that like you need to everyone just needs to kind of be careful that you don't surround yourself with people that don't like you
0: yeah exactly you know i guess the hardest part there is that like obviously recognizing it whether it's someone that comes into your life or you just you know realizing it something happens you know whether a friend lets you down or you know just you come to a opinion that wow i'm surrounded by you know pretty negative people or people that aren't really going to be here to support me or whatnot or you put something out there into the universe or even to your close friends and they sort of disregard it or whatnot. So it could be a combination of things. But I guess the biggest thing is like another thing. How did you sort of start breaking away? Like, and and who did you start breaking away from? Like, was it, was it friends and family? Or how did, and how did you do that? What was the process in your mind to do that?
1: So I guess I'm a little bit old fashioned when it comes down to family, you know, because while my family situation can be tough Mm. it's not really something that's malicious on anybody's part it's just kind of one of those unfortunate illnesses that you know takes over and i'm pretty confident that i'm that i'm always going to be there it's just it's not really an it's just more of like an emotional type of thing yeah it's not really something that's aggressively like attacking anybody outside outside and you know obviously like i mentioned like we have a lot of people we have a lot of family that is still over there in bosnia or Mm. europe so it wasn't like i ever had like you know my grandma was never here so i didn't ever have like this like family type of safety net to go to so that's always been a little bit of a challenge but no you know back in like i'd say like 20 i guess late 2017 maybe like early 2018 you know i left this relationship and um you know sometimes we just end up in relationships that aren't right for us yeah totally fine totally fine but i think a lot of us stay in those relationships longer than they need to and i was actually definitely a culprit of that like Mm -hmm. i was in something for probably a year longer than i should have been but for some reason it just takes people longer to leave i don't know why anyway i left and um that was kind of when i started realizing like okay i'm doing something wrong because like why would i put myself in that situation Mm. why is my why is my self worth so low Mm. and it was because i just didn't feel like i had a good support system you know so i had a big group of friends that um kind of fit pretty well into the puzzle mold of not supportive and over the course of like maybe three weeks you know i started slowly removing from myself or slowly removing myself from that group and it, it it felt like like i had like tentacles like on my back and i had to like really stretch to get them off yeah it was not easy and, so, and sometimes it's still tough yeah to yeah, be yeah, yeah. sometimes i'm still like damn like i talked to those people for like 10 maybe nine years yeah you know and i had to like taking yourself out of that equation that lasts almost a decade is not easy like it is it is kind of, it's like leaving a relationship. Yeah, you know? absolutely. It may not have been romantic, but at one point, you know, like th- those people were your life mm. and, but you, but you know, when you look inside yourself, like, you know, you've probably been telling yourself for the past, like two, three years, like, man, you know, I shouldn't be communicating with these people. Like these people, every time something good happens to me, I get, you know, not not nothing, nothing reply or and I'm always there to support them and you know so like in that case like you kind of have to separate a little bit especially when you know maybe the jokes get a little too mean and a little too out of hand
0: yeah know? definitely definitely and and you you raise a really good point there like you do build relationships, and I'm like I'm looking at friends at the moment. Which what's going on in my mind is that you, you'd have friends for you know since childhood. You'd have friends for many years. You, you've grown these bonds, and there might just be something like mm-hmm. going in your mind, like oh, they're not that bad, or I've got this you know history, and I don't want to lose that. But some of the things that they say, or you know, some of the times that they're not there for me when I really need them, and things like that, and it sort of just starts questioning uh, those things. So yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's definitely like a. It's definitely a bit of a mind game there that you've got to jump through that hurdle is to try and identify whether they are good within your life. And having that perspective is that people are going to come in and out of your life as well. You've got to have this understanding and and this realistic view is that you will have people come in and out. You'll have people come at the right times for you, but maybe not be the right people later on in life or people are going to be okay if you separate yourselves from them. It's not a forceful separation most of the time, you know. It's, it's purely just the fact that we're going in two different directions and that's absolutely fine. This is your, you know, type of personality or, or way of life or, or view of life and this is my view of life as well. And I think, like, to me, having – and it's, again, this is for me I'll definitely – no master of of any of this i'm just a standard dude that just has i think you're the same boat just trying to get through it yeah and it's just having it just having a look at it and just yeah just just having a perspective just to say like life life will you know throw us different people at different times and it's going to be okay that we you know to provide the best quality of mindset you know we've got to surround ourselves with really good people like even, uh, you know, you and I and what we do with regards to, um, you know, content creation and the, and the forms that we do and we surround ourselves, we, we, we try to surround ourselves with really good people. And, and I guess that's the, you know, one of the beauties that, you know, we've sort of found 8-Bit as a collective is that the guys are, you know, fantastic and, and they're like-minded people that are willing to, you know, help us out. And it, it's just a really awesome community. And yeah, sure, not like every, definitely other, you know, content creation communities out there but it just as the example it is, it's just that, you know, we've been very fortunate to find these like-minded people. And I think in life as well, it, you know, your life changes and your life goes through different stages. And as I said, different people and so on, but through those times, it's these like-minded people that you sort of gravitate to. And as you get, maybe as you get older and a little bit wiser and you learn from experience and by experience, you might get burnt and get back up again. And, um you know just that learning stage you start to gravitate well this person's not really right for me whether it's friendship relationship you know and even look family like family is family family will always be family you know it it, depending on (laughs) you know for for me as well it's family is will always be family it's just that you know i'm sure like every family has you know that person you know or, or whatever is is just like well look i really gravitate to this family member or someone or you know but but this person, like, I love them with all my heart and soul. It's just that they're probably not the best person for me right now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, or so on. So, but yeah, I, I find that I, I do feel that the people that you surround yourself with do like dictate the quality of life, do dictate the happiness and, and the mental health and well being that you, you know, you resonate with that. And I think um, the only way that you can really do that is to really like be mindful of it to to learn and and to to try and gravitate to these people that have got like these like-minded people like yourself so people that like inspire to do things like yourself
1: i think a lot of people they 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 aren't really active-minded about it Mm. they don't ever think about who they're surrounding themselves with and that can you could really shoot yourself in the foot with that if you know if you have like certain expectations for your life you know yeah um it's just in small ways, you know, in, in in really small ways, even with 8-Bit, you know, whenever you came on board and I reached out to you, you know, I, I threw some kindness at you and you threw kindness at me back. And it's like in those little ways where you're like, oh, okay, cool. This guy, mm. like this guy, like he gets it, you know, He he's, he's on the same page, you know, it wasn't like, you know, just a brief answer back, you know, you like took the time out to have a conversation with me and every now and then you're like you'll post right dragon ball stuff or like you know i i like i followed you on the uh elder talks games twitter and but not on my my actual one so i sent you a message i was like fuck i'm so sorry
0: <laughs> yeah, that was awesome but it's just All in right, small like ways
1: man but it, it's just you know in small ways you gotta just you you need to do your best to try to find people that you know are happy that you're around them yeah absolutely so if you're like, hearing this If you're hearing this, evaluate, like, are the people in your life happy Mm. that you're in, that you're around them? Yep. And are you happy that um, they're around you? Yeah. It's just, you got to think about that. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And I think, I think my mindset as well is that, like, I'm a big advocate for, you know, I'm a big advocate for karma. I'm a big advocate for, you know, being kind because it doesn't take much to just be kind. And always, like, I go into having someone, like, in meeting someone, just having trust. I always trust a person. You know, I give trust. And it's always about you know it's it's not like some people have the fight with like well you have to earn my trust no no there's nothing about that so that my my mentality of it is that you have my trust it's just until you lose my trust or you know you be unkind to me or you you start showing those signs where it's maybe that you're not the type of person they want to be, be so you know be around sort of thing you know are you are you the best person to to be around me but like yeah I hundred percent hear what you're saying mate and I think it I think who you surround yourself. Yeah, it really does matter. And I think, you know, what content you consume. And that's another point there as well. You know, the content you consume does really matter. I think, um, like, just most... Mold- Interesting. Yeah, I think so. I think, like, the, the content...
1: Like, yeah.
0: I think content plays a huge role in it with, with regards to... Um, you know, like-minded people. You know what you're interested in. Is there some you know following that you, you you're following as well? Like molding, you know, your mindset by what you consume and and who you consume that with. So there's, I, I find it interesting. There's a link between like the people that I resonate with and like. We don't have to follow everything together, but like, hey, it's interesting when you do follow, when you find that there's these personalities and you got these like-minded people, like mindset that consume the same sort of content or same sort of things that you enjoy as well.
1: Here's the thing, man. Like, I love kind of funny. I am bothered by Funhouse. Why?
0: Oh, <laughs> you know? Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So, so I love kind of funny. Yep. They literally spout positivity, unless you're talking about like the whole, I don't know if you've been, do you, hold on. Well, let me ask this. Do you like, do you watch kind of funny content
0: so right. I've gotten mm-hmm. uh, I've gotten it, uh, more into it now but it was an interesting one because okay. I think uh, we spoke just briefly about this one so like I'm v- I'm very unique in the way of the other guys within the 8-bit so the other guys majority of the other guys like have followed 8-bit uh so if I was yeah. kind of funny for a long period of time obviously they've got a lot of you know culture within that community um so they've they've grown up with that community they've grown up with their personalities and I've sort of, I've just sort of, like, it's, it has not been on my radar as, like, a video gamer. So, it's sort of, like, growing up, i sort of come in and out, in and yeah. out, focused on Nintendo. And, yeah, and it's interesting because, like, so I've gone, I've just pretty much uh, discovered them towards just being exposed to, to 8-bit and, and to just video game podcasts in general.
1: So, like, I don't, I don't like conflict mm. <laughs> in any of my content. Like, I cannot... Do conflict yep. in um, like game podcasts or like game shows or whatever, like that. I just, I'm not a huge fan of it, but there, I don't, I also, you know, I don't like it when content creators like put down people that like really ca- like tried with art, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, um, but like, there's a different way that kind of funny and funhouse do it, right? Like, kind of funny, like, when a movie like, um, What's a bad movie that came out? When Dark Phoenix came out, like, kind of funny, and both Funhouse did their, you know, episodic reviews of it, right? Yep. But, like, kind of funny, like, they were they were really funny about it. And they treated it, you know, they were like, look, this is a bad movie. Here's why it's funny, though. Funhouse was straight up, like, angrily, like, like tearing into these actors and actresses. I'm like, look, man, <laughs> guys, like, people you know some people some actors and actresses tried more than others but like there's no reason to be like this hateful yeah, about it you spin know it. Yep. so there's a t- there's two different types of content that i like i take to a little more mm. you know i take to more like the lighthearted stuff yeah absolutely and I don't think I don't think everybody's like that, you know. I think some people really like the the the, the vileness, the vitriol, the, the anger. Yeah, you know? I don't know. Yeah, it's just personality. I think. No,
0: exactly right. And you're right. Like I mean, like even looking at content, whether whether it's um, you know just on different platforms like your Twitch and things like that, like there is so many content creators out there there's so many different you know communities out there as well and it's interesting when like you start finding like-minded people with like like as you mentioned those those two examples one you know one obviously resonates with yourself like how they've taken a negative and thrown a positive spin on it and taken the best out of it as opposed to the uh, like alternative just go let's go hard and dumpster fire this thing you know until it burns um you know and like that's it so yeah i just find it's, it's it's Pretty interesting that there's that other combination of things that you like really attract, um, you know, different personalities and, and what might be good for yourself in that sense as well. So I think you've answered this one with just regards to like advice. So like what advice would you provide? No, Like knowing that you know now, you know, having the experiences where, you know, you've had some negativity probably earlier on in your life, more so just like. You know, not knowing, and that's a big part of it as well, as you mentioned, like just not knowing anything else until something else comes into your life and you're thinking, wow, okay, there really is another side to this. And that really opens up your eyes. And it sounds like Barbara's like made a huge catalyst to change and shift in that mindset for yourself. And you're starting to look at different things in a different perspective and insight. But what's what's sort of your advice that you could provide to people that knowing that like, you know, you agree that it is people around you you know the type of people and and their mindset and and how they look and their perspective and view on life. You know what what sort of the advice that you can provide to others that are sort of maybe in that early situation, maybe maybe their elder, a couple of years back. You know that was sort of just like, look, yeah, there might be something there. I'm sort of I'm comfortable, but I'm not you know comfortable. Like, should I make a change? Should I not? You know, whether it's you know friends or, or relationship or even even family. What do you, what do you think?
1: I think that procrastination in terms of lifestyle and of relationships is a major killer mm. so the best advice i can literally give is don't take as long as i did to start questioning you who, who you were surrounded with right yep once you once you kind of start to feel that like uh, in your in your gut about like who you're surrounded with and like the types of friends you have, and the types of relationships you're making with people, and the types of relationships you're getting into romantically, mm. act on it. Maybe not think. Obviously, think about it for a little for a little bit. But if something is just not right, yeah, and you know when it's not right, retrospectively, like I can go back and know, like oh, like four years ago I knew, but I didn't act on it until three years after that point. Yeah, why? Why you know, and of course that is something that that that, that goes down to the you know, like experience. Like oh you know I don't know if getting rid of these people will leave a void in my life to, wh- to where that I can't fill. Mm. And I think a lot of people stay in relationships much longer than they need to. I did because I didn't know that it was possible to get something else. Mm.
0: Yeah, right? that's right.
1: You can attribute like my last relationship to literally just hey look I. Had no clue if there was anything waiting for me on the other side. Mm. You know what? Yeah, you, you know the, the honest to God truth is there doesn't need to be anything waiting for you on the other side. For a little while, it's totally okay to be alone. Yeah, being alone and you know, kind of like putting the putting the vibes out there that like, hey, I'm looking for good people is a lot better than being surrounded by people that like aren't there for you emotionally.
0: Yeah, very true. Yep.
1: With family, I would say. It's kind of a case-by-case basis, you know. If your family is suffering and you know that they need your help or something like that, be there for them, you know, in ways that you can, in ways that are healthy for you. But And and sometimes, I I still need to take this advice myself in 2019, but don't overexert yourself emotionally. Mm. Like, do what you can. Realize you're one human body. Yeah,
0: 100%.
1: And do the work that you can do without putting a strain on your mental
0: health yeah and that's a really really good big point you know and i try to stress this as well is that as much as you want to help especially with family you know you you want to help family as much as you can you've got to be aware of your own you know mental position as well mental health position absolutely and you know you don't want to was this overpromise, promise under deliver but to the point there where you're going to do damage to yourself you know you're going to put yourself over exert yourself and you're not going to you know, implement that self-care on yourself i 100 percent agree with with what you said there mate
1: if, if you're having, like, a tough time, like, it's, it's sometimes, and I, I don't know, I don't know if, like, you wanted to talk about this, but there, there are forms of escapism that, in, in, like, I've always believed that were good and healthy. Mm. Like, I will always be an advocate for video games and their progression towards a positive state of mental health. Yep. That kind of harkens back to our conversation with uh, the type of content you consume,
0: mm.
1: you know, but... Look, I've never seen anybody really depressed after playing Uncharted Four or Jack and Daxter. Or I'm listing Naughty Dog Games. But yeah, like I've just never like if you you know, that's totally fine. Yeah. You know. Um obviously, you know, Watch yourself, you know. Mm. Don't you know? Marathon stuff unless like it's something incredible, like Last of Us Two comes out. But uh, forms of escapism, writing, music yeah. is huge. And I was just I gonna
0: butt in there because I wanted to ask you as well. It's like just as a general question for yourself. What do you, what do you do to keep your mental health, you know, in check? What is it that you enjoy? What's your escapism? What's sort of your go to with regards to self care? Because I know you're a big, obviously you know you're a big fan of video games. I know you're a big fan of you know, anime, but also as well as that you, you draw and you draw, you do some amazing things, man. So what do you, what do you, what is it? Thank you. What do you, what do you love to do? What, what is your, I suppose, escapism or, or self-help check?
1: Um, the main one honestly is, okay, so this might be kind of weird, but um, so I actually kind of have this like internal game where I try to absorb as much like relative and like content that I'm interested mm. in. To the point where, like, you know, you might have a backlog. Like, I have a video game backlog. And it gives me, like, joy going through that. Like, experiencing all these different types of, um, well, for lack of a better word, experiences. Like, in video games, that's my main one, Mm. you know. Like, just trying to find stuff that, just these worlds that I can kind of dive into. Like, um, last week, no, like, two weeks ago, I discovered Tacoma for the first time. Yeah, okay. There's, like, two hours right there where, like, I'm on a spaceship. Surrounded by like these weird holograms and everything gives inspiration to my other like release, which is um, like, of course, writing Mm. video games are obviously like a hobby and like something that I like to dive into, you know, on a, you know, week by week basis. But writing is that ultimate release for me, you know, it's where here's everything I've been thinking. Here's all of the inspiration and like characters that I've been just thinking about Mm. like in, you know, on my way to work in my dreams um you know sitting on the couch like playing this video game or watching neon genesis evangelion like here's my character,
0: yeah yep
1: and here it is on paper yep and that's that's something that you know that's my probably my biggest release but it's also something that you know whenever um i realized whenever i was putting the finishing touches on my book it that's the hardest part is because you're not writing anymore you know you're Editing, yeah, and you're looking up marketing strategies, and that's that part's a little bit tricky.
0: Yeah, but and I wanted to um, I wanted to segue into that there because I wanted to have a chat because this is really interesting to me. Like your first book, Echoes of Holograph, tell us about it. So, wh- what's it about? What's the inspiration uh, to 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 make it?
1: Um, the inspiration behind the book it came from a bunch of different fictional stories that just I've consumed over the past you know ten years. Um, mm. Stories like. Stuff like in Jack and Dexter or hell, even as like near as God of War, you know, all, everything kind of came as like, oh, I really want to tell like my version of like this type of story. The book is, it's actually broken up into seven interwoven parts. Okay. So it starts off with a, um, a superhero, basically, mm-hmm. who finds out that, you know, he ages just kind of like a normal man does. Throughout the course of the story, no spoilers, he creates this type of energy that can flow through timelines. As a result of that, the story then takes place from six different perspectives. And it shows how his impact and creation of that time energy, you know, affects these other people throughout time. So, for example, like there's a blind knight, there's a pirate, and then there is an island tribe at the end of the book. And everything is connected to his creation of this type of energy. Cool. Yeah. It's high, you know. It's high fiction, and it was just something that I've had rattling in my brain since like junior high. Yep. yep. I think like I thought about it, and uh, there was these comics I used to draw in junior high, and I was like, that looks a lot like that character. Like, so it's just kind of one of those. It's just I, it, I think these ideas. Like, if you're you know, if you're creative, if you're an artist. If you're a musician, you'd be surprised at how far back, you know, your ideas go that you put on paper. Like if you put a song out, you'd be surprised. I'd I'd be willing to bet that some people, you know, have hummed that tune five years ago. Or if you drew like a character or something. Like I see so many amazing artists out there. Like the artist that um, I worked with on Holograph to do the cover and do the inside illustrations. His name's Colton Palmer. Mm -hmm. And he is... He is just simply amazing but like i look at his work and i'm just like man i don't know how you cook this stuff up like you were just able to get it on paper and then i look at his other work and i'm are universes and i just you know some some people like they just make art that's that just blows me away. yeah
0: absolutely and so how long how long have you been working on it for i
1: would um i would say about a year and a half yeah okay um i would say yeah about a year and a half it's it's obviously young adult you know so you could probably read it over the course of maybe like yeah, If you really actively read it, you know, you probably read it in two days, about 157 pages. So it took about six months ish to write the outline for the story. Very cool. Yep. Kind of since it is seven different stories that have to flow together, yeah. you know, kind of like a weird goosebumps book. Like everything has to be like de- it's very detail oriented yep. because like, you know, story six has to line up with story one. Yeah. And story one has to line up with story five yep. and stuff like that. Yep. So that was the biggest challenge. But then there was the Amazon Kindle formatting. That's a nice Oh, is it?
0: Quite. I was going to ask you, because this is this is what fascinates me. And I spoke to John about this as well. It's just like the process, like with the first book, you know, you've never had the experience, as far as I'm aware, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you've never had this experience. Yeah. So like you're literally just taking it as it comes, taking advice from everyone. What was the biggest learning curve from the first one? And I guess on the on the piggyback on that one there, now that you've got it released, how does it feel that now it's released after everything that you've been through in, in getting it to here?
1: You know, oh, so so jumping on jumping on point one. So my girlfriend actually released her book. It's called Anywhere But Here, and it's also available on Amazon and Kindle. Um, So again, that's Anywhere But Here by Barbara Castro, and that one um, that experience that she went through first led her to be able to give me lots of different sorts. Yeah, that's good. Lots of different advice, and you know it's funny because whenever she was doing her um, her formatting. You know, she would be on the she'd be on the sofa or the couch, and she'd just be like, "Oh, this is such a pain." And I'm just like sitting there, like, "It can't be that hard." But then I did it, and I was like, "Oh my god, New it's so hard!" Yes, <laughs> but like, so the formatting is really tricky. Like, it was hard on my own, mm. like because, and I have like a general like chapter book with illustrations and stuff. The illustrations and getting all those margins in that was tricky. But she obviously, you know, she wrote poetry, mm. so all of her like formatting was wonky, you know. Like, in a poetry book, all of the the text is in different places to, to form, like, this type of, like, emotional effect. Yep. And, like, I can't even imagine the types of formatting issues she had. Wow. So it was really helpful there. Jono was actually really helpful, too. I've been, I've, I've been talking to him on and off, like, for the past, like, two years. Because I know he released Spy and, The Spy and the yep. Maven. And um, I was just like, whoa, I really want to do that, too. Mm. You know, I want I want to release a book as well. Like, I saw he did it. And, uh, I was just like, should I, well, he was like my big question of, do I kickstart it? Yeah, and true. I didn't realize, I didn't want to like take it that way because I feel like that kind of takes for me, that would have taken like the personalness out of the book.
0: Now that it's released, like, h- how do you feel like after all that work that you put into it, you know, everything that you've gone through, are you excited? Yeah. You're happy with the launch. How do you feel?
1: I will say this, um, holding it for the first time is a literally exactly how one would picture it. It is like here's like having a child. Here's that part, you know <laughs> awesome. what I mean? Like it's right there. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, on, yeah. Working on some. Imagine working on like a like an like a paper for like a year and a half, and then you print it out and you hold it. And you're like, whoa! It's just really surreal. Very cool. And I was really happy with the way like the gloss turned out, and it it, it was just it was a good moment, you know? Like it's a good looking book. The first great looking book, thanks, man. Thanks. That's all the artist, man. He he nailed those colors, like. I got to, you know, he lives in California, but man, if he was here, I'd hug him. Yeah, it
0: pops. It's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But, you know, um, so in the first, like, three pages of the book, I I wrote for mom and dad, right? Hmm. Because I wanted to have them in there. And I added a picture from maybe 1992. It was my mom and dad and then me as a little kid. And I put that in there and... I actually had this really special moment where like i opened the book for the first time and um my mom saw that and like she started like crying and
0: stuff. oh that's so nice and, you know, i was like
1: okay so it's the moment that you know i want it is that moment that like you want and like you know for like 30 minutes of my life like i i, I lived that moment where like i put my book out my mom was the first one who saw it and that's it you know awesome um advertising wise i don't know it's so early like it's been like a day or yeah, two yeah yeah you know, I've had, i have caught you I've early pe- yeah you did you caught me really early like uh, i've had people i've had uh yeah. i had a person from um you know uh gearbox reach out and um you know i've had like old work friends reach out and like y- you'd be surprised where like support for the book comes from you know you like random places on twitter you know um you know instagram messages people saying like "Yo, oh, i bought your book and stuff mm. like that and it's just really it's really nice um i don't have a super big social following at the moment like i, I i'd like to obviously like a lot of people but you know i didn't, I didn't have anything to really like culminate mm. you know a following off of and maybe a book will do that maybe it won't but you know seeing like early support you know from like my friends and like family from germany and bosnia has been really cool that's awesome really good
0: yeah very cool man very so, cool yeah, I've got one last question. there. if I buy a copy, can you sign it? Because I'm gonna buy it, bro. If, but if ma- I can get you to sign, it,
1: <laughs> that would be awesome. Damn, it, I mean, <laughs> shit. If if you mail it here, yep. I'll sign cool. it. And I'll mail it back. No, I'm gonna do that. It's All
0: right. if you,
1: yeah. If you can figure that out, I'll, I'll do I'll that, mate. I'm it. gonna buy that. So, yeah. okay. So
0: for everyone else, where do they buy it?
1: You can get it uh, on Amazon uh, either through Kindle or paperback. All you have to do is type in Echoes of the Holograph" or just my name, Elder Basic.
0: Perfect, perfect, and
1: it's on there.
0: Well, I'm going to get the paper back, and I'm going to mail it to you, mate. And then if you could sign it and and uh, I'll, I'll pay to send it back to me, that would be appreciative, mate. Yeah. I really put appreciate it, that. You
1: have to put in something saying like from Dane, because if I just get a random, no, I'll know it's from Australia. No, no, I'll send. Mind,
0: you, I'll say You'll know. You know it's from me. I'll send you something <laughs> in there. Um, uh, mate awesome. Just just winding it up. A couple last things. Uh, for yeah. everyone that wants to follow you, obviously, I'll put in the show notes where people can find yourself on the socials as well as your book. But um, can you just let us know on the socials, where can people find you? Where can people find your podcast? Let us know.
1: Sure. Um, so on any social media, whether that's, you know, either Facebook, Twitter or Instagram, I'm just Eldar Basically. That's just um, my first name, my last name, Eldar Basic. And then I transform the word basic into basically. Basically. And you can find my podcast also on like SoundCloud, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, just at Eldar Talks Games. That username was not taken. So that's cool. Yeah, Eldar Talks Games and Eldar Basically. That's where I'm at.
0: Fantastic. Guys, make sure you go check him out. Go do the follow. Check out the podcast. It is so good. Final one for you, mate. I know you're a big Dragon Ball Z fan. I'm a big Dragon Ball Z fan. Dude. I've got some questions for you. I just want to save oh, a little bit more of your time, mate. Let's let's do this. Take it. It will take more than head games to stop me. You may have invaded my mind and my body, but there's one thing a say
1: always keeps his strong!
0: I want to first question here. What is your favorite character out of the universe, Dragon Ball universe?
1: Uh God, I hate. I know. That
0: I know. It's Goku. Is it Goku? (laughs) Oh, Goku's so... Oh, yeah. Goku's an interesting one. Like, okay, so full disclosure, mine's Vegeta. Dude.
1: I love it. Heroic Goku? Yeah. Come on. Like, who can top that? Like, Goku, like, talking at Cell, like, right before the Cell games. I was like, okay, so, like, best... Like, come on. Like, who's going to go up against... And then when he went Ultra Instinct, I can't, like, with him. Vegeta's awesome. Vegeta's awesome. I love... But... I also really kind of take a liking to new Broly.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Really, do. Actually, he's like I loved, I love the new, I love the new Broly. I just actually finished watching the old Broly and just like a just the old school stuff. Weird. Like you know, it's yeah, it is weird. It's like I'm like looking so at how like he actually escaped and you know, you know, um, full spoilers, but it's like millions of years old now. It's um, uh, you know, like how he gets off the planet and you know, obviously. Goku's sitting there as yeah. a baby, and he's bloody crying and whatnot, and that's what makes him get you know even more powerful and angry and whatnot, and then obviously, yeah, just all these things that just doesn't make sense with it. But yeah, no, going back to the going back to the question, yeah, favorite character, mine's always Vegeta, and like the the okay. I just I just love, I think growing up, growing up especially doing like uh, martial arts myself and and just having that yeah. like I don't know I I feel like when I was growing up I had this like chip on my shoulder where I was just like you know always wanted to. I don't know. I just always wanted to, like, just work harder, be better. Like, whether it was, you know, running or doing martial arts and things like that. And whether I had to prove that to other people, that was my, like, my mindset was wired like that when I was younger. Going through, like, high school, yeah. my mind was wired, like, just keep pushing hard. And and I think Vegeta, I like, the Vegeta sort of um, the character really resonated with me. And I loved, like, the best of Vegeta is basically when, like, when he leaves Earth and he realizes he's not top dog. And just, like, like, the... You know the
1: when he goes Super Saiyan on that planet.
0: When, when, when he goes, is oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But even like when like the that? My, okay, so my 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 second question here was, what was your favorite arc?
1: Oh, um, to be honest, probably. Uh, oh crap!
0: I'll let you have a think. I'll tell you mine. So mine's when they go like to Planet Namek.
1: Don't say. So it. obviously when oh. they're in the
0: freezer, in the free. And this this is the interesting one. Like a lot of people like hate that arc. A lot of people because it's the the longest arc. I spend fifty episodes where you know is obviously doing. Oh, I doing hate power- that arc. That oh, arc. Like, oh this, but, I hate that arc. But but what I I love it and it's very um it's a big divider. The reason why I like it is because it is, it is so yeah. heavily influenced on power levels. I love 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 power levels. I love when he's like, you know. Vegeta's here, but you know all these other guys are here. Okay, no, and he's got to improve, and he trains, and he gets here. I love it when like when they're talking power levels. I loved it because like when I was when I was younger, I used to jump on Google and like how how you know how powerful is Freezer at this level, you know, and the stage one, stage two, and then when where's Vegeta here, and where's Goku when he's like training here, and, and all the rest. I loved I loved all that, and then like you got to a point there where you're like he's so strong. Well, how strong is he? He's, he's I mean he's really strong, but like really strong. But, like, <laughs> but, like, but how, how the hell strong is he? I mean like really a GT is like a perfect example of that you're just like oh my god God. anyway so but i liked i like i think like i think from a character development i think vegeta was probably the biggest that's the vegeta's like one i feel that's one of vegeta's biggest because he seems to have come back wounded from you know planet earth going you know i'm not the strongest and I'm going to, you know, become the strongest and all the rest of it. And it's just that character development where he starts getting these emotions. But he also has that rivalry, rivalry with Goku. You know, he's just the fact that, like, I'm always trying to catch up. And, you know, I'm always going to, you know, try and get better and better and better. And I just, I love that with him. And I, th- I something in, in me, like, I loved him in um, uh, Dragon Z Super. But it's like, part of me wishes, like... He didn't, oh, he didn't go soft. I say soft, but, you know, it's obviously he learns, to, you know, people like Goku and that's where true power and everything comes from for the loved ones and so on. But I did, like, when he turned Margin, you know, when he turned the Margin Vegeta, right, part of me was right. like, you know, he's back. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Okay. So, like, um, here, let me, I wish I had taken notes. Okay. So, like, the first thing you said, the power level mm. thing, the really cool part about that is I think Namek, And maybe a little bit into, like, the uh, revived Frieza Android arc was kind of when they stopped. Right after that, they kind of stopped caring about power levels. And that's when everything, I don't know, like, you've probably been on YouTube where you've seen, like, power levels for, like, Super Saiyan Blue fusions. And it's, like, 8,000 trillion. 8 million trillion. That that doesn't mean anything to me. I don't know what the hell. But back when it was, like, 1500. And, like, Frieza was, like, oh, my God, his power level's, like... A million. I was like, a million?
0: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: It was insane. Yeah. So, um, I, 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 here's the thing. Here's the only reason. So, like, the Namek saga was legendary, obviously, because it was the first time Goku went Super mm. Saiyan. But um, it has a. I don't care about Namek. Mm. And I don't care about Namekians whatsoever. Mm. And it was just like all that. And even from a young age, I was like, where is Goku? I don't care. Why is he. He got beat up by Captain Ginyu yep. and turned into a frog i was like oh no oh no yeah and i was just like oh god this is i don't know i feel like it took a long time for it to get to like the good fight oh it was long and then that fight obviously became a meme in and of itself mm. but obviously it's goku going super saiyan for the first time yeah that that shit changed my life but yeah no um i don't know about about vegeta um i really he went full like mass effect paragon right mm. like there's no questioning it. Like, he's, like, a good guy. Like, Broly came to Earth, and he was, like, right next to... And, you know, it's interesting because you would think that, like, old Vegeta might have actually just, like, hopped over. Yeah. Right to Broly's yeah, yeah, yeah. side because he's another Saiyan. Yep. Right? I don't know. Maybe. But, yeah, straight up, like, he's a good guy now. And um, my favorite Vegeta moment ever, honestly. Mm. And I know it just came out. So, like, I know it's... You can't say... I know, like, some people can say, like, oh, it just came out. How can it be your favorite thing? but vegeta's fight against broly in the first like maybe in the second act of um dragon ball super broly yep. was probably my favorite vegeta yeah movie. yeah yeah it was probably because of the um it might have been because of the animation but that was absolutely like my favorite oh, it was
0: vegeta. so good it was so good good going through all those transformations uh, and especially when he goes god uh, oh that was so god. good
1: i loved it mine was actually whenever he goes uh just regular ssg yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was like um what's his name? Sabat's uh voice work on that was just nuts. I was just like that was that was awesome. Yeah. But my favorite my favorite arc, don't forget, you know, I know you asked that, was actually the uh Goku Black Saga.
0: Oh cool, very good. Yeah, I okay. love nice. that, that was saga. a good saga. I Dude, did enjoy that one.
1: That was a really good one. Um it was because like uh I felt like it was really interesting because you could you because like Super Saiyan Rose. Right, mm. and like in the in the show, I remember when it came out, I was like, "I bet Super Saiyan, I bet the reason his hair is pink is because he is inflicted with Evil God Key." And then, like five months later in the manga, Zamasu confirms that, and I was like, I
0: knew "Ah!" <laughs> Were you reading the manga yeah. as well all the way through, or?
1: Yeah, um, so I'm reading everything that's going on right now with what's his name. M- he looks like an old like he's got like a long like beard what's his name? Mojoro or something like okay. that? I'm Super is actually it's still going. Oh, is it? What? Dude, yeah, the manga? Dude, they're fighting a completely new guy right oh, now. Oh,
0: I'm gonna catch up. And oh, this is awesome. Pl- I didn't even know this. Oh dude,
1: yeah. It's awesome. It's actually quite dire. Oh, like it? he's way worse than he's way worse than Jiren. Oh. Like I yeah, didn't like Jiren. I didn't
0: Jiren. like Jiren. No, I think I think on a character development side of things, they just didn't invest. in Oh yeah, in it. he had
1: no. He's no, just like no, he this, had they had this no one episode
0: or the one scene where like people just took out his planet, and all of a sudden, made him really angry. <laughs> he just got ridiculous powers yeah, like. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I
1: like I like his, I like his design and how much of a brick house he was to Goku. But that's yeah, like, yeah. And like that's a good point. He, he was just a catalyst for Goku to go ultra. Pretty much. Yeah,
0: I think it, most of the other play, most of the other characters had like way more backstory for that one. There, um, favorite that's villain funny. would be probably my next one.
1: Mm. Oh, favorite villain? Interesting. Interesting. Do you know yours off the top of your head? So that maybe. Uh, can...
0: I think I like. Oh, um, favorite villain. I like Freezer Cell. Freezer Cell. I think I like Freezer because like it just seems like it's just, he's just he's just been there for so long. He's just got this longevity, yeah. you know. He's just so unique. And um you so, like even just with Super, you sort of see signs where it's like, oh, there is a bit of character development there with Freezer like you would there never is, th- yes. think he would go and do the things that he did, you know. He's always thinking for himself obviously. Um but yeah, no, I think it's I think it's very cool that they've, you know, obviously they they could have had, you know, put Cell or someone else in there I guess you know considering they went to the underworld to get freezer, but yeah, yeah no I think I think freezer. but again it probably <laughs> comes back to the fact that like I was a fan of the Namek arc for that perspective
1: okay okay got it so you're 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 kind of you're definitely more Z yeah sure. I'm definitely I'm definitely more Z's Z is more your thing yeah. okay 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 uh, so I, was good too I'll mention that too not canon. Ah, uh, yeah, it's
0: yeah, true. Yeah, very true. Very but terrifying. Yeah, yeah yeah, 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 He
1: had like I'm a sure red glass sword, and he was completely OP. Yeah, and the like only that. way they could do anything to him yeah. was to fuse. My favorite is probably Goku Black. Yeah, cool. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, because he was—he was—he's just an evil. I love it. He's an evil Goku. Mm. He can go God, even though like it's pink. Yep. And, and I, for the longest time, I, that was the most interesting saga to me because I just didn't know like what was going on. I was like, is that Goten? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just had no clue. Absolutely. Oh, and uh, I wanted to ask you: Are you watching um, Heroes? No.
0: So that's another thing that I've got. I need to get into. I need to get into that. So I'm always a bit like I think GT did, did a number on me. So like yeah. So GT was one of those ones that like I just hated and it broke my heart. And like it was one of yeah. those ones where like I know it's like outside the realm sort of thing. But I'm always fearful when they uh-huh. do go outside the realm. It's like you know. Whether it's one of these ones where they just like it, you know, it's either done by someone else or that you know it's not part of the storyline or something like that, and they just go really. But is it good? Like, should I be jumping onto it?
1: I, yeah, I, there's like three moments that really stand out. No, four moments that really mm. stand out for me. So it's an animated way for them to go crazy with like the transformations and the cool, fusions, cool. as I'm sure you know. So ultra Ultraseven, Goku comes back, uh, Super Saiyan Blue Vegito does a Kaio Ken.
0: Oh wow! Okay. And yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: And then, like, two episodes later... It's actually kind of nuts. Like, two episodes later, um, there's Super Saiyan 4 Vegito.
0: Oh, what? <laughs> Vegito. Yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, it's animated. Yeah. And, and then um, they animate Goku in his... Um, like, you, you remember the Grand Kai from Super?
0: Yes, yes.
1: He goes Ultra Instinct, but, like, in the Grand Kai outfit. Whoa. It's nuts. You have to
0: yeah no no, it. no i will like, i
1: will jeez you it's not
0: glad buddies brought these up i got a lot to i got a lot of homework to yeah, do yeah
1: i i was like i was sitting here like okay so i know this is real like this is officially like animated yeah 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 a, but like it definitely sounds like i'm just spouting fan fiction no like no no, no.
0: Like, i think i like, i think i dropped off super thinking that was it dusted off and closed my laptop no. but no this, no, this dude, is far the more
1: manga, the manga's going and they're animating some crazy things yeah. like on in heroes cool i'm
0: onto it i'm onto it very good mate i've taken up too much of your time thank you so much for coming on the podcast and having a chat i think we both agree like you know look the mindset and being around like-minded people and being around positive and optimistic people uh does have a huge impact on your quality of life um it's something that takes experience it's something that you know sometimes it's hard to recognize even more harder to, to take action on um you know but but at the same time Yeah, it is something that does have an impact on your quality of life and mental health. And I think it's important. It's important to have the conversations and important to be aware about it. Because sometimes sometimes you might just be in a situation where you might be like, well, you know, I'm not feeling great. And has it ever crossed your mind that it may be as well a contributing fact that it might be the people around you? Surround yourself with as many positive people as you can. Very positive, optimistic people because you live a a better quality of life. And that's coming from someone not an expert, far from it, uh, just a person that is trying to learn as he goes too. So.
1: And, you know, our, our talk just now of Dragon Ball was really um, kind of informative to anybody listening. Like, you know, surround yourself with people that are not only supportive, mm. but that, you know, you have common interest, in, common interest with. Like, you know, this is how my day started, you know, just talking about something I love with, you know, someone from across, you know, the planet talking about something they love. And, you know that is just one of those things that can be really good for mental health. So we, we, we tied it. Yeah. Up. Awesome. We really,
0: did. Mate, mate, My day has only just started there and I know yours has too. So, you, um,
1: yeah, man, you gotta get, to, you gotta get to sleep. It's like, I know, I know, weird. I know. But the future, <laughs> I'm coming
0: to you from the future and it looks bright, mate. So it, it's going to be a good day yes. for you. So, um, thank you so much again.
1: Thank you for having me on. Mate, no worries. A pleasure.
0: Thanks so much guys for listening to the episode. Make sure you go check out Elder across his socials, including his podcast, Elder Talks Games, and his book, Echoes of the Holograph. If you guys know someone that'll find value in the Pushing Through Blue podcast, make sure that you share it with them. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Not only does it help keep the emotional lights on in our hearts, but it also helps share the message about mental health awareness to others, and hopefully helps that one person today that really needs it to hear that they're not alone. As always guys, much love, take care of yourself and each other.